Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing and beautiful Inside and Out, Brandy Benson. Welcome Thank to the show, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thank you. Got to give a shout out to our good buddy, uh, Bodie Trip Bodenheimer um, from Shadows Podcast because and and former and also a, a Lima Charlie Network buddy. So he said you've got to meet her, and I was like, absolutely, any friend of yours or friend of mine. So thank you, Bodie, for for connecting us. Shout out to Bodie. <laughs> And so for those of you who don't know, Brandy Benson is the founder and CEO of Resume Advantage. They help with a variety of clients, including professionals, technical, engineering, education, management, executive, and much more. She is an Army veteran, and then she graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design with a master's in writing, which indeed developed her talent to discover what your jo dream job is looking for by hitting key phrases and buzzwords for that particular industry. Resume Advantage will target and guide the appropriate message and land the interview. And she definitely helps with uh, former military service members as well. And you can find out more on her website at resume-advantage.com. So Brandy, I can't wait to, to dive in because like I said, we talked before and it was just such a great conversation. So I always yes. like to start out with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Um, investing in people to me means a lot of different things, but I think the most apparent one would definitely be, of course, spending time with people, but understanding where they are falling short and then offering some sort of solutions or blueprints or guidelines uh, to help them uh meet the goals or whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. So if someone comes to me, they're like, oh my God, Brandy, like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on with my life. And if I want to spend some time with them and invest some time in them, then I'm going to ask more questions. Like, what is it that, you know, inspires you? What are you looking for? What, you know, if you had the perfect life, like, what does it look for? And then kind of mapping out steps in uh, hypothetical situations on how you can get there. So to me, it's, course like lending a hand but also trying to get to know the individual on a personal level and trying to figure out like what makes them tick mm. I love that great answer and then, you. you know this is one of the many reasons why we became so fast friends so quickly is because I love listening to what people make you know how learning how what makes them tick why did they do these specific things so was there a time or someone in your life who really listened to you and asked you those questions when you were trying to figure out what's next for you? Yeah, I feel like in life, I have been pretty lucky with meeting individuals who are pretty influential in life. So I haven't had like role models that are like superstars or anything. They're more, more tangible, like they're, you know, in my vicinity and I can ask them and talk to them and like see how they're progressing in life. So of course it's been my mother. She has mm -hmm. so much unconditional love and so much support. And just like, she is my number one cheerleader. If I say like, I'm going to build a rocket and I'm getting to the moon tomorrow, <laughs> she'll be like, what supplies do you need? What kind of tinfoil, you know, do you need <laughs> own hats? Like what, how and when are we getting there? Like she is my number one, the most amazing person ever in the world. And then I think the next person, and then like in life, I feel like, you know, as you get older, slowly graduating to different individuals and, you know, spreading your little feelers out and stuff. So then my next person would be definitely my husband and not because he's my husband, <laughs> but because he genuinely 
tells me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And sometimes mm. it drives me insane. And I'm just like, oh, I just like, I don't like hearing that answer. But then I like take a step back. And I'm like, Brandy, don't be so egotistical. Don't be so vain. Mm. Don't be so whatever. Like he's coming at it from a good place. Like try to understand what he's saying and embrace what he's saying. Because it's not for, you know, trying to harm me or make me feel not smart, but he's really pinpointing areas where I could be better. So him and my mother are those two individuals have been key role models in my life. Oh, that's awesome. What a, I love that. And, you know, those are your most important people in your life anyway. So they might as well be, you know, influential in a positive way. Yeah. That's yeah. True. That's <laughs> awesome. So, you know, you went to, you first you were in the army and we'll get to that at a later date, but here you are, you've graduated not just with your bachelor's, but with your master's in writing and you've chosen to do it for resumes. Yes. So that's really a gift. I have to tell you, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you could have said, I'm going to be a writer. I can be a journalist, you know, written multiple different avenues. So was there something that really inspired you to go more towards the resume route? So there's lots of reasons why I ended up taking this. The first is I feel like I wrote a book, right? And that's more like creative writing. It's really fun, except for it's very lengthy. It takes like a lot of time. So I like things that are quick, straight to the point instead of writing like a long, uh, you know, uh, investigative piece for like a newspaper. It's just so long. So I like the bullet points. I like getting straight to the point. I like being able to uh, take what everybody's information is and kind of really sell them on that piece of paper that's so valuable. That's yeah. really great. Um, uh, so I kind of discovered this passion or this ability of mine. Uh, and I think it was like 2016 or 2015. I was working for the Corps of Engineers and I was a HR assistant at the time. And so I they found out I had a writing background. So they made me do like the job announcements. I was looking for the individual's with the resumes, did they meet the minimum requirements with the step below? Um, you know, what were their key phrases that they had? And so I really learned and was able to hone into what like federal positions and jobs were looking for and what that looked like. And so I then started telling a couple of my friends and then I would do the resumes and then they would get the job. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I guess, you know, I, I don't know if this is is it like a fluke? So I kept doing a little more and I started getting tons of people jobs. And I was like, well, this is like, I think I'm going to quit my job with this company and I'm just going to try it myself. So I quit the job and I opened up my own business and I've been doing it ever since. And honestly, I had no clue how I was going to do it. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurship. Like I had no clue. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I needed LLC, you know, I needed like, a really good resume. I need examples of resumes. I need a really great website. So kind of just was learning and then seeing what other people were doing and just implementing all of that. And it, it worked out really well. Good for you. Good for you. I love that you, you took an obstacle that you had, you know, hit and you were like, okay, so let me see if I can help this other person. And that's really what this whole all is about, right? So then it naturally just overflows onto your life, your family, your business. And now it's like, yes, now you, you become able to, you know, grow your business and, and have other people working with you. So what a great, what a great success story. Thank you. It's been, it's been fun. So if you do, is there a particular type of person that you like to work with most or, you know, do you kind of go with the gamut, anyone who has difficulty writing their resume? It's open to any and all. So there is no specific industry that I work on like tech or education or management. It's anybody who needs a resume. I'm here to translate their information and their skills and communicate that on paper the best to, you know, our ability for them. Awesome. So I interview, um, or not interview, but um, I have a lot of clients who are in that transition phase of life, right? They're getting ready to either leave their corporate America job and start go into entrepreneurship, or maybe they're transitioning from one, uh, you know, corporate America to another, or they're now coming out of the military and they're getting ready to go, okay, what's next for me? And you just said about the, the the skills. I think oftentimes we have these transferable skills and we don't even realize it because we've been yes. calling it one thing yeah. for so long. Right. 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 
So what advice or what steps would you take someone through who's kind of in that in that position where they're getting out of the military and they're like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. So I feel like with military, they're the most versatile to me. I feel like they have so many skills. There's management, there's inventory, there's cross-functional teams that they're working for, there's um, matrix management. So it's like smaller departments. They are, you know, tech savvy. They they know they just know so much information, and then they have lots of the hard, uh, lots of the soft skills, so like communication and um, listening, active listening. So they have so many different skills. They're probably my favorite to work with because. Mm-hmm you can just mold it and make it into anything really because they have so many, so much skills and they work on the timeline, timelines, um, you know, um, and a stressful environments. They're, they're coachable. It's just, it's just my favorite to work with. Um, but when I usually get somebody who's transitioning from the army or the military and they're going to the civilian sector, you know, of course I want to get their resume if they have one, then I'll read it over. I'll check it out. And then I want them to give me, uh, a job announcement of what they would like to apply to. Like, if you could mm. apply to a specific job, like, what position would it be? And then we'll go over the uh, the job announcement. And I'll see if they are able to do that. You know, do they have experience in it? And it needs to. They have to have experience. They, I just can't pull out <laughs> magic out of nowhere. You know, right? You can't ask to be. You can't be a chef, and now you want to be an astronaut. Like, you have to have have some sort of um, skill, transferable skills that, that's in that industry. So they go through that entire process and I really like hold their hand through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So we are going through the announcement together. I will then take their, um, those duties, uh, the responsibilities that they're asking and I ask them, okay, like, can you do this? Where did you do this at? What positions were they? And if it's yes or no, whatever it is. And then from there, is when I then I then start creating the resume, but the entire process I like hold their hand and make sure you know everything's let them know that that they meet those criteria. You know, is this something that's not going to work? Because a lot of companies will just try to tailor the resume, knowing that they're not going to get the call <laughs> because there's <laughs> absolutely no experience like involved. But for me, like I sometimes it might take a little while because we're working together, we're, we're a team here. So if they have questions or they're concerns about something, or maybe they feel like, you know, um, they want to expand on something I didn't see, then we're working together in tandem, um, trying to make sure that this resume, that this resin, this, uh, this piece of paper is something they're going to be proud of because it's, it's going to get them the job. It's, it's, you know, putting them out there. So I try to highlight the best skills, the best accomplishments, and we're really working together and trying to discover what that looks like. And then we do a discovery call. So I'm just, you know, finding out about them and like, what are some key points that they did? What are some like amazing uh, accomplishments did they have? Did they partake in anything? Did they help in anything? Because a lot of people, I had one guy sent me a resume and I'm asking for questions and let me ask him a couple of questions. Like, you know, what did you do here? What are some like, you know, examples that make you stand out? And he's, everything was like, he has nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm. Let me call you. <laughs> I don't think you're. I don't think you're selling yourself very well. So we ended up, you know, really going over some different scenarios and situations. We pulled out some information, and he was able to get the interview. So it all worked out. But the entire process is not like super lengthy. But I definitely dive a little deeper into like the person and their sure. skills. Another person, because I know how important it is. You know, you want to. You're transitioning out. You just gave your life to the to the country. And now what? No. Yeah. Exactly. What happens now? You've been told your entire life what to do. Like now, Mm -hmm. what do you? What do I do now? You know, I need some guidance. So Mm -hmm. I just try to fill in that gap there. Yes, and I think that's why. And you know, I think working with veterans, it was, or working with the military, was very attractive to me because I see that component of you've been told what to do, how to think, where to go blah, 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 up for however long you were in. And now you're kind of given the freedom that for some can be so overwhelming because you're like, I don't even know. And mm-hmm. I myself was in an abusive relationship. And so I see this with women who get out of, or any man too, men too, who get out of re- abusive relationship who are controlling. Yeah. Right. And there's that, like, who would have thought that that, that would be so similar to someone that's in the, the the military, but it's so 
true because you're like, oh my gosh, you can't go here. You can't do this. And now you're out and you're going to want to understand that you've been so used to that, that your body's going to want to gravitate mm-hmm. towards something like that again. Right. You're not going to be fulfilled. And if it's in a career, you're not going to be fulfilled at all. In a relationship, you're definitely not going to be fulfilled. But in a in a career, you're not going to be fulfilled, right? And so I love that you really take the time to go, yeah, there's, because you've experienced it yourself. Like, yes. this is now a new world, a new life for you. So how long were you in and when you were in the Army? I was in for almost five years. I, I wanted to be a lifer. My goal was to be in like 20 plus years. I had yeah. all of these these dreams and aspirations, all these great things I was going to do. And I was going to travel everywhere and do all these just amazing things. That's what I thought. And then life happened and ended up getting sick with a really rare and breast cancer. It was in my mm-hmm. leg. I had to get, you know, I think we talked about this uh, last time, but I ended up getting out of the military because I felt like I was a broken soldier, you know, like mm-hmm. what? And then I got attached to another unit that was deploying. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> not only am I like mentally, like still going through trauma because I nearly died, but now like mm-hmm. physically I am not whole. I'm missing a huge portion of my leg. If I were to get into a firefight or something were to happen, you know, would my battle buddy leave me on the ground? Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. have to make them feel like they have to choose you know, them over me, or if it's, if they're on the ground, will I have enough strength to pick them up and, and take them and, and mm. be hyper covering? I don't think I would. I'm missing a massive portion out of my leg. I can barely get up when I'm sitting down. Like I need help, you know? So right. I can't, I just knew that my career was over and now I needed to like kind of prepare for something new and I was so nervous mm. I was so scared because that was not on my bucket list that was not on my checklist <laughs> like that's not what I wanted have to happen right. you know so I was very depressed I was lost I felt hopeless I felt kind of like not, not like a I don't know I just felt so displaced you know like mm. Like now I've given my life or I tried to give my life to this, you know, to this career that was going to work out and be so great. And now it's something totally different. Like, what do you do? You know, I've spent my entire life thinking this is what's going to happen. Now you have to think a different way. You have to try new things. And so it was really hard. So when people come out of the military and they're nervous and they don't know what's going to happen and, you know, they're they're scared about the unknown. I'm like, I know exactly how you feel. And let me grab your hand and take Mm. you. Let me show you, you know, how great you still are and what you can contribute to the outside world. Mm, I love that. I love that. Would you mind sharing with us about your your cancer? Yeah. Survival? <laughs> yeah, survival. My goodness. So I had something called Ewing sarcoma cancer. Uh, it's a rare and aggressive cancer. Normally it forms in the bone, uh, but I ended up catching it really early. I caught it in 1B, so stage 1B. It didn't metastasize yet, but that cancer is known for spreading to your lungs, your spinal cord, and the brainstem. Wow. So the doctors, then it ended up uh, going to, it was at Walter Reed Medical Center, and at the time it was at D.C. Um, So when I got there, the doctors weren't very hopeful. You know, my surgeon team, they everyone just basically wrote me off because they thought I was going to die. They gave me a year to live. Now, wait, I want you to... Because I know the story because I listened to Bodhi's episode. So where was it? Oh, it was in my leg. Sorry about that. It was in my left inner thigh. So your groin muscle area, that's where it was at. And so I only discovered it because I had been working out in 2008 like crazy. and deployed. I'm in Iraq. <clears throat> in a December time frame, 2008, I was experiencing like extreme fatigue. I was exhausted. I was tired. No matter what I did, no matter how much rest I got, I was just so tired. And I thought maybe it was depression. Maybe I'm away from my family. It's Christmas time. I'm, you know, 24. I'm in the middle of a war zone. We're in a very bad place. We're always mm. getting bombed in shit. Our alarm system doesn't work. Like, you know, it was like it was really <laughs> stressful. So I was thinking that all of the stress that was happening was just affecting me, you know, inwardly. But that was not the case. So in January, again, I'm, you know, working out like crazy because that's pretty much all there is to do when you're deployed sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like working out. 
So I was working out like three times a day and I'm talking like going hard. Like, wow. Like I'm training for some sort of marathon. I was in the best shape of my life. My muscles were protruding. I was in shape. Like I was like a little muscle ball running around. I was in the best shape ever. Um, in January, you know, working out, I ended up like stretching and I lifted my left leg up to my chest and I like ran my hand down the middle part of my leg and I felt like a lump sticking out. Mm. No clue what it was. I've never had this before. I, you know, didn't think anything of it. Not one bit because again, like I am super healthy right now. I'm in the best shape of my life. I would have never guessed that that lump was something bad. So I ended up showing a couple of my friends and uh, I showed my roommate, I showed the doctors and everybody was so concerned except for, mm. I was like, like, why are you guys like, why is everyone so concerned? Like, I don't understand what's going on. So then I took that information. I'm like, okay, so they are so concerned. They think something's wrong. I'm probably going to, going to be put on quarters, which is like a two day, two days off. So I was like, I'm going to go to the medic station. They're definitely going to let me go to sleep and get some rest. And so my whole motivation was just to get some more sleep. I just needed more rest. So that's the only reason why I went up there. Went up there, showed her. Her name was Captain May. And she was, you know, feeling all over. She immediately sent me to Baghdad. So I went to Baghdad to get a CT scan. He comes back and he says that, you know, nothing's really wrong with me, but, you know, to be safe, if you want to, so you give me the option, you can go back to Fab Echo and Dewania, mm-hmm. or you can go to Germany. I'm like, what? Like, I'm going to Germany. There's no war. It's safe out there. Right. Make a little beer. Like, I can eat the gummy bears. <laughs> like, it's safe out there. So I'm like, I'm going to go. Plus, the further I got away, meant more rest and sleep. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have to be, I wouldn't have to be in the war zone. So I opted for Germany and get to Germany. And then in Germany, I'm there and we're doing the different tests and figuring out what it was. And I remember he sat, one of the guys ended up sitting me down and telling me that it was a tumor. And I was like, yeah, mm. what's a tumor? <laughs> you know, what is that? And I'm like, what is, I don't even, I never heard of a tumor. I'm 24. That's probably pretty embarrassing, but I just didn't know what a tumor was. I had no clue. So, you know, I mm-hmm. started talking to my mother and. I find out that it's uh, not only a tumor, that it could possibly be a very dangerous two different types, either Ewing sarcoma or a nerve sheath tumor. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I remember them doing a biopsy and the doctor telling me that he prays and he hopes that it's not Ewing sarcoma. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, okay, like, sure. You know, well, whatever that is. And I remember I wrote the names down because I had no clue what this stuff was. Mm-hmm. Wrote the names down and I get to uh, the computer and I'm talking to my mom on the on the call and we're you know looking up the information. She's in Texas at the time, and um, we're looking it up and both of them are cancer. And I was like, oh my god! I just remember thinking, wow, I'm gonna die from cancer. Mm. You know, my mom is gonna have to watch this horrible death. You know, it's like, how did this happen? Was I a bad person? Like, mm. I thought only like super unhealthy people that that I'm like, was this my crime? Like, what? How did this happen? You know, how did I miss all the signs? You know, it's like, and then I thought that people that had cancer were bald, right? I was so educated about any of this stuff. It's so ridiculous. I just, I just didn't know. So I remember like looking at myself thinking, how the hell do I have cancer? Like I have all of my hair, you know, Mm. I'm not bald. I'm not sick. I'm not unwell. I didn't know that was from the chemotherapy. I just associated that with cancer. Sure, so sure. I with bald and looked sick. I'm like, oh, they have cancer. That's what cancer does to you. That's, I didn't know it was a treatment. So I'm thinking they have the wrong damn person the entire time because there's no way that I have this. You know, it's impossible. But um, I ended up having that type of cancer. And I remember telling my mom the type of cancer it was. Uh, they said it was a nerve sheath tumor, so they misdiagnosed me the first time. Mm. And I remember just crying, crying, and being so sad. And a guy who was like a couple of cubicles away, he, he ends up like popping his head up. And I'm like bawling my eyes out because I'm going to die. Mm. And, I head up and he says, excuse me, ma'am. I'm like, like, who is this guy? You know, I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, who is this guy? And he's like, excuse me, ma'am. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, he's like, I'm sorry. You know, I over, overheard the conversation. And he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, 
I can't do it. Like, what do you mean? How would you be doing? You know, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't get it. He's like, listen, you know, no matter what happens, everything's going to be okay. Do you believe in God? And I was like, yes. And he's like, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Mm. I was like, okay, I really hope this guy is right. But we ended up being friends forever. Like, I still Mm. talk to this guy. And he had kind of a sad story. So that would be something else that happened to his son. But, um, yeah, we ended up being friends. I still talk to him. He's a really cool, amazing, really great guy. Super, super sweet. Um, but yeah, so I just always held on to that, thinking that, you know, it's going to be all right. God's going to be with me. Everything's going to be okay. So that little, small, little, mm-hmm. tiny conversation that I did not want to hear at first mm-hmm. is like kind of what continued to burn a little fire inside me to keep pushing. But I got to Walter Reed and started all of my treatment and it was hard. It was sure. really hard. Mm-hmm. Wow. And how long were you in treatment? I was in treatment for 10 months. So I had started, um, it was, I think it was like the end of February. And I did it from February all the way to November 11th was the last day. And Veterans Day. Yeah, oh, right? wonderful. Great thing is that. I know. It's like every time I Veterans Day come around, I'm like, it's another year. I, I made it around. But uh, so I stopped on Veterans Day, November 11th. And I did chemotherapy for uh, five days, eight days off, five days, eight days off, five days, wow. eight days off. I continued that all the way until November. I think I had a three-week break because I had a surgery and they wanted, you know, be beating, beating my immune system down while my legs kind of heal up. Sure. Uh, but I did it for <clears throat> about 101 rounds of chemotherapy in less than a year. Ooh. I was so sick. So sick. I was so weak. When I first start, you know, of course, you have all your hair, you have your mm. personality, like who you are, is, the essence is still there. By the time I was done with all the treatment, I was hunched over. I was mm. being pushed in a wheelchair. I had like whoever I was, that person was diminished or gone. My voice was so weak. I, I was so weak that I couldn't even sign myself out. Mm. Uh, my signature, my mom had to sign it out, but my mom was amazing. She she quit her job. She left everything in Texas to come take care of me. Mm. And be with me. I know. And every time I tell people about that part of the story, she's like, you know, baby, I don't know, you know, I would do anything for you. And she's like, it kind of was irresponsible. <laughs> I'm like, no. Like mm. everybody loves that part. Like that's like the the most beautiful thing. The well, of course it is. Yeah. There's a- love, yes. Yes, to be there for your child. Oh my God. I just, I just think she's the best, coolest. I love her. (laughs) Yes. She's the best mom ever. Like, I owe her my life. And because of her, I really believe that I am here today. Mm. Nobody else had a support system. My mom was there with me the entire time from the day I got there to the day I left. She was there. We did it. We did everything together. She, you know, she was, if I was too weak with something and I couldn't speak up, she was speaking up for me. If I didn't understand something, she was doing the research. If I was like passed out, exhausted, sleeping, she was still making sure my vitals were okay. Like she was my rock and my support system, my hero, my leader. Like she really, 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 really made sure that everything was was going the way that it was supposed to and like with her ability to control the situation the best that she could but there was also another point in time where <clears throat> um things weren't as you know as great because mm-hmm. towards the end of it like it it was hard but I was very optimistic and, and had a good time which is weird you know <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is strange but I had my mom and we were like making we always talk about even now but I'll get to that but there was this one point in time where because the doctors thought I was going to die and they were telling me that I had a year left to live. And if I did live, that it wouldn't be past five years because the cancer is so aggressive and it always returns. Um, so I was really like preparing for death. They were having me update my will, making sure everything was in order. I'd have this priest come and visit me all the time, asking me if I believed in God and where do I think I'm going. It was just so dramatic. And I remember my mom like putting a stop to all of it, like the doctors coming in, the, you know, them telling me this terrible news about what's going to happen to me and how basically I'm going to die. There's like no reason 
to right. think that I would be able to live because they had never seen a case of human sarcoma. They'd never treated it themselves. So wow. they were just reading all the statistics and everything off of what they see on the internet, mm-hmm. which is fine. They're just trying to prepare you. So my mom decides that she she doesn't want to listen to this anymore. She doesn't want to subscribe to this information any longer. So she ends up making a little sign that said, do not enter unless you're feeding me, if you're taking my vitals or giving me chemotherapy. And so that kind of like stopped all the all the banter and all the chattering that was coming in. And I was just absorbing and believing I was going to die. Sure. He put this little sign up and I remember sitting me down on the, on the bed and her just telling me that, you know, this is hard, you know, this is going to be hard. This is hard for me too, but you can't give up on yourself. You have mm-hmm. so much more to do. You have so much more to give and like, you know, how great life is going to be after this. And she's like, we're going to start thinking about the future, how everything's going to be working out. And I was like, okay. And so I started mm-hmm. believing in her and, and being like, okay, if my mom believes I can make it, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the doctors are wrong. And they were. And so we started fantasizing about this, the most craziest things, like writing a book and doing speaking engagements and like talking to like really cool organizations and like opening up a business and doing all these things and becoming a miracle and all this Mm. stuff. All of it happened. (laughs) I was like, wow. Mm. And I told her about it still. I'm like, mom, this is like the craziest thing. But she spoke so much life into me Mm. and was just there for me and really understood the power of words. Yes. Yes. Like how important it is that Brandy, you need to control what it is that you're thinking and what you're watching and listening to. And so we, she changed everything. Like everything went from your dying death, preparing for, you know, your demise to everything's going to be okay. When this is all over, you're going to sell your story. Like the world's going to hear it. You're going to provide so much hope. And I was like, okay, like this is what I needed to hear. And and it it worked. You know, Mm -hmm. I was the only one on that war that, that lived. Every single person on that ward ended up passing away. Everyone, every single person. I was the only one with that support system and somebody speaking life into me. You give me the chills (laughs) because I know how, how profound our power of words um, just impact us so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And um, most people don't even know that their own inner negative uh, inner dialogue is so negative yes. and it just pushes you down yes. and, and you know, it can either um, provide for you, can either help you or it can hurt you. Exactly. A- and I love that your mom saw this as an opportunity to help you heal yes. rather than listen to the hype of, Oh, you're just going to die. Yes. So yep. I love that. And, and she put, she took action. She took fearless action really to right. stop the doctor saying, no, no, we don't, we don't even say that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. How, how brilliant. You know, I just, I, every time I think about it, I'm just like, wow, I don't know if I would have thought about that, but I've been like, you yeah. know, like, how do you, how do I control this situation and make it, you know, contain it? Yes. How do you I don't think I would have thought about stop, you know, what's mm. penetrating and coming into this bubble. Yes. I'd have been like, these are the professionals. They need to come Mm. in, you know, this is because that's what you think. You think the doctors, unfortunately, kind of know better than the the patient. I mean, that's how I grew up thinking. So, Mm -hmm. oh, I love this. And then and then you just took it. She took it even further and said, well, let's dream about what you could do with this. And so you took your trauma and you created a treasure Mm -hmm. in your mind first. Yeah. Yeah. Again, bigger than people even realize that, that this, how powerful this is. And this is what I do with my, my client, my coaching clients is do the same thing. Like you can literally take everything that you've been through and use it. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's incredible. It's incredible. And she's the one that, that taught me. And so from that whole entire situation of, I just learned that. Life can either happen to you or it can, or you can like co-create with it instead of yes. always being the, not honestly the victim because that just sounds so bad, but kind of like the victim, you know, like, oh my God, this is just so bad. This is why it's happening. It's like, okay, well, if our thoughts 
can physically manifest into reality, it's like, well, what are you thinking? Like mm-hmm. you can tell somebody's what they're by their thoughts about it. You can tell from their outside world mm-hmm. yes. about what, you know, what it is their internal dialogue is. And so I always just try to control it. And it is not always easy. It's not like I'm some sort of guru and I know how to do everything, but just being aware of what you're doing is just, is that's powerful, you know? So if I feel myself thinking negatively or thinking about things that don't bring me peace or happiness or whatever, or adding to wherever I'm trying to go to in life, I just automatically, and I've like set this intention in my life that all my negative thoughts are so weak, so weak, so weak. They have no power. Mm-hmm. And all of my, my really great, amazing, positive thoughts are, you know, they will always take over and, you know, diminish them. So if I start thinking that, I'm like, okay, listen, that little thought right there was so tiny and small, like it has no power. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't receive it, but yep, it's, it's really helped me. And I've, I've changed my life. Like, it's, sure. it's so crazy. It's I'm so, yeah, it's so insane from that terrible, terrible moment from my deepest, darkest, most despair and, mm-hmm. and hopelessness, like something amazing came out of that, that message that, that experience and I've, I've used it for my entire life mm-hmm. this day, this mm-hmm. day. I, I completely uh, can see that number one about your own life and I just believe that so much that it doesn't happen to you it happens for you mm-hmm. and I had you know started taking what I had I realized this early on when I got out of the abusive relationship that you know okay so how can I work this that this is a gift you know, and, and I didn't even realize how, when you're in an abusive situation like that, that it, how familiar it is. Hmm. And because it's all we know that, you know, it's your family that you grew up with. That's all, you know, Yep. then that's all, you know, so you don't know there's other options out there. Right. Yep. And so you're just kind of in, in the mix of it, that that's it. That you're just thinking, this is it. This is how life is until you take a step back and go, oh my gosh, there's so much more. Yes. And then I started, what happening is people started to come to me and just automatically start telling me that they were in a relationship that was maybe, you know, manipulative or controlling or, you know, something to those effects and it wasn't supporting them. And I just said what um, I thought I needed and nobody said to me. They would mm-hmm. say things like, I can't believe you're so stupid. You would be in a relationship like that. So they wouldn't speak that life that you're speaking about into me. So mm-hmm. I would start saying like, you know, you deserve the love that you put out in the world. Like you deserve that same love back. Mm-hmm. Are you getting that in the in the relationship that you're in? And they were like, wow, I didn't realize that this was one-sided. Mm. Right. And so it was those types of conversation that I went, wow. So I guess I had to be in that relationship to be where I am now right. to help others. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's the worst. Well, not the worst, but I don't like it too much. When people try to give me advice about stuff and they don't even have experience in it, it's like, mm, <laughs> what do you mean? It's easy. Like, I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from, but. Coming from a reliable source, and they've been through that, and they understand what's going on. There's some sort of familiarity there. Yeah. Um, I feel like that just creates a, a nice little bond, and it's, it's like a little safe space, you know, that you guys understand each other a little bit more versus someone just telling you what to do, how to get it done, and they have no experience in it. I agree. And I'm, like I said, I'm a, you know, I'm not. I didn't go out looking to work with veterans or working with the military, but once I started to really pay attention that that's who was showing up in my life, I kept meeting them. Just the similarities with the whole, the organization of the military and that Mm -hmm. controlling factor, Mm -hmm. not that I'm saying military is controlling at all. I'm just saying that the, you know, there's, there's something there that you're done. It's familiar and that's all, you know, Mm -hmm. so then it's like, now you're out of it and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? There's right. all this fear that shows up that you don't even know is happening. Right. Because fear shows right. up in a million different ways. Exactly. And, and then you go, oh, okay, now I can figure out how to navigate this in a different way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what kudos 
to your mom, first of all, because what a wonderful gift she's given to you. And then kudos to you to follow through with that and, and continue that gift as you mm -hmm. do share every your story and, and write your books and write other people's resumes because you're just doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's rewarding. It's it's nice. I I'm happy and I'm content and I'm I feel like it's uh like I'm giving back. It's not like it's community service or anything, but like I feel like I'm just I don't know, like I'm giving back and giving hope and letting people know that even though, you know, you're transitioning, it's it's still gonna be a safe place, you're still gonna do well, your skills are transformed, you know, you can trans uh transfer your skills like Everything that you've done up until that time, it's still worthy and still worth, you know, trying to explore those those avenues just in another form, in another another style, a different platform. But letting them know that you know, you still got it, you still yeah, have it. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, <clears throat> and I just think it for me, my belief is that you know God pulled you out of those situations, so it almost becomes your duty now to pay him back by kind of paying it forward yeah and that's how i feel you know i have so many people in my inbox for not the resumes for like the cancer stuff that is like yeah huge and i'm like i would love to like open up some sort of nonprofit and just be able to talk to these people you know but mm -hmm. i feel like i'd be exhausted and so tired they'd have to be way more than just me but like i get my number out i'm, I'm talking to them i want to talk to the doctors it's not like i have these medical expert, you know, um, experience, but just like, like, these are the questions you should be asking. Like, do you have a support system? Yes or no. If they don't, I'm like, you can always call me. You can always text me. This is my phone number. You know, if you have questions about anything, any, like what, what to expect with the chemotherapy. And I give them everything, like the whole rundown, not, not just you're going to be throwing up and you're bald, but like, listen, you're going to be hallucinating. You're going to mm. pee. It's going to smell horrific. You're going to smell like poison, like the taste buds in your mouth. You're going to be constantly spitting because there's just this horrible metallic taste in your mouth. Like you give them everything so they know what to expect because everyone just thinks that it's just, you're just sick. Yeah, you're sick. But like, what does that mean? Right. What does right. that mean? Exactly. What does that mean? It's so broad, so general. Right. Tell exactly. me more. I need to know. So I tell them so much information and like, the different side effects that they might see, like your sex drive is probably going to diminish. You don't want to do that anymore. You know, <laughs> you might get dark tips and uh, dark spots on your fingernails. You might get neuropathy. You might have, you know, um, really bad insomnia. Make sure you're asking for the steroids because those help you eat. Like you got to ask for all these things. And some people just don't know what to say. And it's like, I want to give you guys all the blueprint that helped me that could possibly save your life. and also. Call me so I can like speak life back into you, you know? Like, yes. I yes. need you to know that it's going to be okay. And then I give them homework. The craziest thing, but it works. I tell them to watch this show called Heal, H-E-A-L. Mm, yes. Yes. I I've them, seen that. It's amazing. Watch that show. Yes. Call me and we're going to talk. And anytime you feel like you can't do it, watch that damn show. Watch that show. You have it in you. Our thoughts are so powerful. We can manifest and create anything. Like, and I make them. I swear, I, I make them. I make them watch it. And if they watch it, we'll talk about. It. And if they don't, I keep nagging them. You know, make them watch it because I feel like it's so powerful and it brings back the power to you. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, I, agree. <laughs> I I love this. I love it. I love it. And clearly, uh, Brandy, we could talk all day. And they're yeah. just so. <laughs> so much of synergy there and alignment. So I'm so glad that Bodhi connected us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just about to wrap up. And, and before we do, I just want to say a, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Quest Education. And if you wait till the end of the episode, there'll be a, a little blurb on how you can free up some of your money in your 401k and tax free and penalty free to start your own business. So you can find out more about that at the end of the show. And Brandy, I just, gosh, as we, again, we'll, we might, we'll have to do it at part two because you're just, you have so much yeah. wisdom and joy that comes through just as you're talking. And I know that there's so much more that I want to ask, mm -hmm. uh, in, in our short period of time, but I do also want to know because you are such a giver, you are 
you have gone through this amazing healing journey. It's a walk, Mm -hmm. right? So now, even with your company, but it's so much bigger than your company. Like you said, you're handing out your number. You're helping so many other people understand, navigate the situation that they're in. So what do you want to be as your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Mm, good question. <laughs> um, my legacy, what am I known for? Just, I don't know, defying the odds, not giving up on yourself, definitely that. And just knowing that that we can literally have anything, do anything, be anything, experience anything, because our thoughts are so powerful. I, but I just... I just wish that people understood that like it's it's I don't want to say it's hard or that easy but it literally is that easy like you can have anything you want and if you could create a blueprint of whatever it is just and you know stick to that and be very consistent um I think you can you can you can accomplish anything but if anything I'd be known for anything it would definitely just be someone that is consistent and somebody who understands the power that we all have that I have and that we can manifest anything in this mm-hmm. world you know a manifester how do you known as a manifester I somebody, love it yeah somebody somebody powerful yeah but I, I I truly do believe in that I really do I love it there's this guy named Dr I think his name was Dr Emoto who's Japanese yes yes yes, yes. Oh. I was gonna mention him earlier yes yes that guy okay that guy if you guys Watching this, listening to this, look him up. He was a scientist. He was a scientist in from Japan. He yes. ended up dying in 2014, but he just shows the power of water mm-hmm. and speaking words. Words, yes. The, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the power. Yeah, speaking uh, our words, and I think it was into the you know into water, into this plant, mm-hmm. or something. But if you were speaking well and like lovely things to something, it was creating these amazing, beautiful crystals when he froze it. And then something that negative, evil, bad stuff, like the, you know, the, the crystals that ended up forming were really jagged and terrible. So it just says that our words are really powerful. So be kind to yourself, you know, tell yourself how amazing you are, how, how you love yourself, how, how great life is going to be if it's not where it's at right now. You know, our words are so powerful. I completely agree with you. And I love that you mentioned him because I was thinking about it earlier and then we got onto something else. But yeah, definitely. I, you guys have to check that out too. I think it's, uh, I think he has a book out or a video out back then too. And I, you'll have to definitely look him up. The power of words on water. Yes. Uh, and our bodies are made up of water. Oh, exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. I have stuff. Like I write down stuff on my, like uh, I have a different little things that I'll eat or whatever. And I'll put like an attention on it. And yes. every day before I eat or drink, whatever it is, I'll say that word on there, whatever mm-hmm. that sentence is. And then I'll drink it and, you know, I'll talk to my water. I know it sounds crazy, but you have to try it, you know? Hey, I love it. Hey, right. and so I'm, I'm guessing, but you can tell me, are you cancer free today? I'm cancer free. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. And thank you. I am cancer free. And uh, they didn't think that was going to happen, but sure. I changed everything, changed the That's way awesome. I ate, people I was around, the music I was listening to, my thoughts. I literally became a different person. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, how can people connect with you? What um, social media or your website? We mentioned it. So please mention that again. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, my social media. For Instagram is at Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I-L dot Benson, Benson, B as in boy. And that's for everything, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, any other social media. And then my websites, uh, I have www.brandylbenson.com and then www.resume-advantage.com. Gotcha. Thank you so much. Yeah. And this has just been such a joy to get to visit with you and so fun and before you go i always like to end with this last question of what phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now um what is it then right now i am trying everything and not being scared if i fail that's what i'm doing and there's no reason to be scared because if you fail, you just end up where you were at. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so there's nothing to lose in, when you're trying. I love it. You're mm-hmm. right. There's absolutely not. There's zero things. So if you want to open up a business and you feel like, oh my God, you're so scared and, you know, you don't know if you, you can succeed. Well, you just be back at square one. So you mm-hmm. didn't lose anything. Yep. Agreed. I love mm-hmm. it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, thank you, Brandy, so much for your time with us today. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you enjoyed this show, I mean, how could you not? Brandy's, like she said, she's a beacon of hope. She's a miracle. And I'm sure you probably even took some notes because she really dropped some knowledge bombs about the power of words, even though that wasn't our intention. I just love how that came out. We got to talk about that. I have so many examples. I do too. I do too. That's what's crazy. We may have to, we may have to collaborate again, Brandy. I love it. I think so. So please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us an honest review and share this with a friend because it sounds like Brandy is a perfect example of doing, taking fearless action and maybe your friend will need that inspiration as well. So until next time, let's get fired up. This podcast is a proud partner of the Heroes Media Group, Lima Charlie Network, and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty, and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you, our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.